It's time now for St. Mary Healthline. Your health is your most precious asset, and every Wednesday at 9 a.m., you can tune in for advice on how to better manage your health. Hear about important medical issues from the doctors and professionals across all service lines from St. Mary Medical Center. So without any further ado, it's time now for the St. Mary Healthline. Oh, our heart's in it today, I can tell you that, I guarantee you. As we get to the health line, and we're talking interventional and structural cardiology. That's a lot of big stuff out there, but a guy who can handle it, he's here. Dr. Dr. Roy Altit is here, and good to, good to see you, doctor. Thank you for having me on the show. Sure thing. It's uh, National Corn Chip Day, by the way. We're talking heart health and everything else and the Super Bowl weekend. We're going to have to watch <laughs> that salt content, aren't we? Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not going to do. do it this time around. <laughs> you were talking a lot of uh, uh, a lot of something that um, uh, that people may not know a lot about. Maybe you've heard the terms or kind of know what it is. And uh, you're in uh, interventional and structural cardiology. How long have you been with uh, St. Mary's? Uh, I joined St. Mary's in 2017. Hmm. Yeah, you've been in a few other places before they came and got you. Yes. They found you. Just a little bit about myself, uh, Roy Altid. I I did my uh, medical school training at Jefferson, downtown Philadelphia. And um, I did my internal medicine residency in Newark, Delaware. At Christiana Health Systems, and uh, I did all of my cardiology training, including uh, three years of general cardiology, a year of interventional uh, fellowship, yeah. and a year of structural heart, um, all at Lankinaw um, and Winwood, PA. A lot going on in the interventional, probably with all the all the robotics and everything else too. Uh, you can, you can yeah, do that's uh, part of the reason <laughs> why I'm here today is to share that with you guys yeah. and uh, hopefully um, shed some light and and educate. Yeah, and sometimes it's. Uh, I looked at. it, I said, "Boy, that would be almost a almost a great plumbing job, wouldn't it? Uh, that you're in there and interventional and kind that of." That is scoping. exactly how I uh, identify <laughs> myself to patients. I uh, I tell them I'm uh, I'm the plumber. Well, that's good. Well, anyway, as long as it gets results, nobody cares after that. But it's but <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, interventional and structural cardiology exactly. That's what you're doing, right? Is, is yes. Trying to, uh, so just to kind of uh, define some of the terms, uh, yeah. interventional cardiology uh, conventionally uh, talks about uh, working inside the blood vessels to the heart. Uh, usually those are the coronary arteries or the blood vessels that supply blood to the heart. So if somebody has a heart attack or needs a stent, you know, people are pretty familiar with, with those things. That's, uh, that's in the realm of interventional cardiology. Structural heart disease is... Um, is is a branch of uh, interventional um, and uh, specifically deals with uh, tissues and 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 valves outside of those uh, traditional you know blood vessels to the heart. So, um, in fact, uh, structural heart disease is not one disease; it's a it's a group of diseases. Uh, the majority of those diseases are um, are congenital, meaning mm. people are born with them. Yeah. Yeah. And so we have uh, uh, fantastic, you know, pediatric uh, colleagues that are better trained and, and deal with these congenital uh, conditions. The typical uh, adult structural heart cardiologist mainly deal with uh, valve problems, uh, some of which we'll talk about today mm-hmm. with aortic valve and mitral valve. And... Um, and, uh, you know, abnormal connections uh, between the right and left sides of the heart. Right, and there's uh, so many other things, too, surrounding that. that I remember taking, uh, having a cardiomyopathy 20, over 25 years ago, 
And it said autoimmune, building up, fish oils, omegas, Mm -hmm. uh, cutting down on salt, uh, Mm -hmm. losing weight. If there's less of you, the heart doesn't work as hard. I mean, that's probably more than a few lectures you've probably had with a few patients, I'm sure, that has come up, right, as you can certainly uh, put tilt the percentages in your favor in the long run, right? Absolutely, absolutely. That does cross a few of the things that I plan to talk about uh, this morning. Right. Um, I just wanted to share a little bit about my experience uh, since I joined uh, St. Mary. We have uh, uh, expanded uh, the use of uh, TAVR. Uh, TAVR is a transcatheter aortic... T-A-V-R. T-A-V-R, transcatheter aortic valve replacement. Um, uh, We've expanded the use of that. uh, We're we're doing more than 150 TAVRs per year at St. Mary's um, since I joined, and um, we've... uh, also made it less invasive, uh, so less cutting down and uh, using more minimally invasive options. Um, <clears throat> we are uh, using uh, cerebral protection devices to prevent strokes during the procedures in select cases. And um, and one of the other things we'll talk about is, uh, is a new FDA-approved valve uh, called Lotus Edge uh, that, uh, that we're using. You're like the bionic man out here with all this other stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, and that's just, good stu- that's good just part of it. Uh, since I joined, we also started a brand new uh, Mitra Clip program, mm-hmm. which we'll discuss also, I hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the more gratifying procedures that I do. Um, and undoubtedly, I know we've uh, prevented uh, strokes related to atrial fibrillation and uh, also these abnormal connections between yeah. the left and right side of the heart. Doctor, do you find that the, the medications are more in line now and do better than they used to? Uh, I mean, they, they go hand in hand to try to absolutely try to uh, manage a condition or or at yeah. least a, 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 before any kind of surgery intervention you have the medications line everything right up they go they go hand in hand don't they yes and 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 that's <clears throat> been shown uh, by ma- many studies uh, that medical therapy and cardiology has come uh, such a long way i mean we 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 spend more time talking about the procedures uh, but but there's no doubt that medical therapy has come uh, very, very far as well. Right, and it seems like uh, eventually you, you deal with numbers, uh, something, uh, blood pressure, there's something over something or other, there's how many beats per minute, your pulse. There's, uh, <laughs> yes. uh, for me, a big one was, uh, was the injection fraction when I had a cardiomyopathy, yeah, and yeah. You know, it was 19 when I left, and now it's mm-hmm. double that now. Later on, so mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. we're all you're all conscious of the numbers, and you're you deal with that as well. We like to see we're cholesterol down. That's uh, right. You know, it's heartbeat become, down. It's become of, very yeah. uh, technical with all the all the right. numbers, but uh, we always uh, you know put the patient in the center of the picture and uh, tailor uh, every regimen to that yeah. patient. Yeah, and there's also going to be uh, dietary uh, uh, adjustments as well, right? Uh, along the way with this. Yeah. yeah. So as yeah. we said, you know, structural heart disease does not account for. It's not one disease, so it depends mm-hmm. on which condition you're talking about. But uh, if you're talking about heart failure or cardiovascular mm-hmm. Myopathy, like you mentioned, right. uh, atrial fibrillation, uh, diet certainly becomes uh, important as well. How will the effect, uh, doctor, on stress? Uh, uh, does that uh, does that um, can be a factor in in uh, some of the structural problems? Can stress be absolutely? A, yeah. So stress um, increases. Um, adrenaline and other hormones in the blood and increases uh, people's blood pressure and heart rates. Uh, there's lots of studies showing adverse uh, effects of stress on, on heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this is not limited to just uh, structural heart conditions, but um, you know, coronary disease and mm-hmm. heart attacks uh, as well. Yeah, and so modifying that stress in a healthy way 
usually, you know, exercise is a great way to deal with stress, actually. Um, uh, you know, we talk about that often with our patients. Yeah, before we go to break, I wanted to ask you, uh, doctor, about uh, uh, we've, we've also had from the cardiac, the, the, the rehab department, you know, comes in and you know, the exercise programs. And <laughs> probably with the work you do, you could probably get them out and into rehab faster. You think you can list the, some of the procedures that you do can get them to rehab faster and recover better? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's part of what I wanted to talk about okay. today is these procedures that are minimally invasive, uh, uh, meaning, you know, shorter hospital stays and much, much faster recoveries. Yeah, they don't want you hanging around. They want you right in their rehab and working. That's right. We are at work here in our St. Mary Healthline Interventional and Structural Cardiology, and we're going to talk about some of that when we come back. Pain is the enemy. Motion is victory. So, the St. Mary Orthopedic Team replaces knees and hips. We mend spines. We mend people. With brilliant technology and simple human kindness. So you can go home faster and happier. That's our mission. Call 8447-ST-MARY or visit stmaryhealthcare.org slash ortho. Planning a night out? If you're having a few drinks, think of calling limotoday.com. If you're arrested for DUI, it will cost you thousands of dollars and potential jail time. And think about the risk you're taking for yourself and others when you drink and drive. Let LimoToday.com do the driving for you. LimoToday.com offers reliable, affordable transportation from sedans and stretch limousines to vans and minibuses. LimoToday.com has it all. Choose safety first. Choose LimoToday.com. 1-866-LIMO-TODAY. 1-866-LIMO-TODAY. We now return to St. Mary Healthline. And we are in the arena. We're talking interventional and structural cardiology with Dr. Roy Altit. And he has been doing this for quite some time. And there's a lot of great stuff. And before we start talking about some of the terms, doctor, you said... uh, you wanted to say who's most at risk, who are the ones that uh, better be octuned to what's going on. That's right. So, again, going back to the same theme that structural heart disease is not one disease but affects multiple diseases. It depends which disease you're talking about. But as an adult structural cardiologist, one of the major risk factors uh, for for development of structural heart disease is uh, age. So as people get older, uh, they develop, uh, they're more likely to develop um, problems with the valves, whether you're talking about the aortic valve or the, um, or the mitral valve. There are certain conditions that also predispose people to have uh, issues with their valves earlier. For the aortic valve, um, you know, typically the typical aortic valve has three uh, cusps. If you look at it in in, uh, in a short axis, it kind of looks like an upside down Mercedes Benz sign, like each, ah. each of the three cusps. And people that have uh, either two cusps or one cusp or four cusps uh, tend to, uh, the, the valve tends to de- degenerate and have issues uh, sooner. Um, similarly, for mitral valve, uh, some people have uh, what's called mitral valve prolapse. That's one of the conditions that predisposes uh, people to developing mitral regurgitation or a leaky mitral valve uh, earlier in life. Um, that's those are just some of the diseases. Obviously, you know, a rheumatic heart disease, um, diabetes and other can infections. Uh, also be a problem too, right? 
Diabetes is is a more complex uh, yeah. inter- interaction with that. Uh, we certainly see you know a lot of uh, cardiovascular conditions being more common with diabetes, uh, not specifically related to. Um, aortic stenosis and mitral regurgitation. Yeah, probably you've had a few uh, uh, stop smoking uh, lectures probably along the way, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Smoking uh, smoking is a really bad actor, but yeah. <laughs> we could talk about that for <laughs> yeah, an hour. That's um, for sure. Uh, yeah, you talk about who's at age and everything else and uh, the congenital factor. Uh, and specifically with the mitral valve leaking, yeah. you know, there's other conditions like atrial fibrillation and cardiomyopathies and mm-hmm. heart failure that also, uh, also predispose people to having a leaky mitral valve. Before we go down the terms, doctor, men and women different, uh, more at risk one to the other uh, or no? Uh, women tend to get uh, to de- women tend to develop heart disease a little bit later, about a decade or so uh, behind uh, men. Yeah. Um, but uh, a lot of all the conditions that we're talking about, like aortic stenosis and mitral regurgitation, are 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 present in both. Yeah. Right. All right. Let's uh, let's run down the 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 big list here. Let's uh, start at the top. Mitroclip. Uh, yeah, so MitraClip is a uh, minimally invasive uh, procedure. Uh, it was FDA approved in 2014, actually. Initially, it was uh, designed to treat degenerative MR or problems with the valve itself. But more recently, it's been found to be helpful in, in all cases of a leaky mitral valve, mm-hmm. both uh, primary and secondary. And so um, I think the biggest takeaway uh, about MitraClip is that well, obviously, it, the procedure is designed to reduce the amount of leak or regurgitation that uh, takes place in the heart, specifically in the mitral valve. And um, the other big thing to take away from the mitroclip therapy is that it is um, night and day. You know, when people think of a... a um, a way to to fix their valve. They're thinking, you know, open heart surgery, and um, this is uh, a very minimally invasive uh, procedure. And and people say, you know, ninety percent of people or so go home the very next day. So uh, this is a incredibly low impact procedure on the patient, um, and so it's a very safe procedure. Safety profile is fantastic. Bypass as well, uh, the, the old zipper club they used to have years ago. For, yeah, so uh, none yeah. of that is required. Yeah. This yeah. is this is a, a beating heart procedure. Mm. It's, it, we use both uh, ultrasound and X-ray imaging techniques, and um, and basically the patient is put to sleep, um, and and we do the whole procedure. Uh, it takes somewhere between an hour and three hours, depending on the complexity of the case, sometimes even longer. Um, but, but the patient uh, is, you know, awake with no, uh, no, um, uh, no, no cut whatsoever. It's yeah. just a needle stick. So the, the mitral clip is uh, sort of like fast tracking everything, then, right? So that's or, right. Rerouting it, something, right? Yes, and yeah. it, and it's designed to treat a whole host of patients that would otherwise not qualify for anything. So mm-hmm. it is not designed to replace uh, mitral valve surgery or repair. It's really designed for a lot of uh, elderly, debilitated patients, a lot of other conditions that would prevent them from getting surgery in the first place. Boosting circulation, I'm sure. Uh, oh, that, that, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So every time the heart contracts, you know, blood is supposed to go in the forward direction, and all the blood that's going in the wrong direction is blood that could have gone in the forward direction. So it's definitely uh, literally boosting circulation. Yeah, and probably clean out some of the... Some of the blood mud that was in there probably for, too, right? You can uh, sort of clean, uh, clean uh, do a cleaning procedure too, right? Probably <laughs> more than a few, right? 
Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, the the main benefits of the MitraClip procedure yeah. are really to reduce symptoms, symptoms being shortness of breath, mm. um, and reduce hospitalizations related to heart failure. Yeah. Those are the big uh, takeaway. Um, there was also a mortality benefit, meaning people lived longer in those people that had um, uh, mitral regurgitation or a leaky mitral valve not related to the valve itself, but people like like a cardiomyopathy like you yeah. had mentioned earlier. Yeah, also the, the, the boost in lifestyle. I mean, when that's uh, up and you get more exercise, eat better, do everything else, you put, yeah, the, so you put everything in line there. That's a, that's a, adds as a domino effect. I, I had mentioned how this yeah. is one of the you know, most gratifying procedures that I do. And I've had patients tell me, you know, the next, the, when I see them the next morning after the procedure, like, doc, it, it feels yeah. it feels so good to not be short of breath getting up oh. to, to, to walk around. Right. And uh, you're probably on the on the edge of a lot of R&D research development uh, projects to kind of get you excited about some of the things that might be coming down the pike as well, right? Absolutely, yeah. and we could spend a lot of time talking about that, but that would take yep. up all our time. Oh, well, we'll get you, we'll get you back next week then. We'll <laughs> okay. wait. T-A-V-R is, spells what? T-A-V-R is transcatheter aortic valve replacement. It's a way of replacing the aortic valve uh, without uh, the traditional open-heart surgery. Uh, there's no, uh, again, there's no cutting, there's no opening the chest, there's no zipper. Um, we're able to do everything uh, through the groin in the majority of patients. More than 90, 95% of patients get it uh, through the groin. Um, and um, and it's, it's, tra- it's revolutionized uh, the way we treat uh, aortic stenosis. Aortic stenosis is a disease of the aortic valve where the valve does not open appropriately. Um, it, it, it is very stiff and uh, um, essentially rock hard mm. and, and very, very hard to, for the heart uh, to get all the blood out with each beat. And so that also develops, you know, that also causes symptoms to develop, uh, primarily shortness of breath, but also uh, fatigue, um, chest pain, and, and uh, lightheadedness or passing out. So all of those symptoms uh, are symptoms of, uh, could be symptoms of uh, aortic stenosis. Yeah, I had a, uh, one case of uh, uh, people got heart issues from a sleep apnea kind mm-hmm. of things, too. And I wonder if you could, that might be a thing to, to, to look at as well. I mean, the, with breathing and everything else, it affects the heart. I'm sure you must, there must be a connection in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So sleep apnea is a very bad actor and, and yeah. uh, causes a lot of problems in the heart and uh, yeah, elevates pressures in the heart where they shouldn't be yeah. um, and uh, leads to other conditions like atrial fibrillation. Um, <clears throat> specifically, uh, you know, with TAVR, we've come a long way as well. The devices have gotten smaller and smaller, so we're able to thread them uh, through smaller blood vessels in, in, in people. Um, and, and as I mentioned before, uh, there are other um, uh, ancillary uh, products that we use to reduce the risk of stroke, to yeah. protect uh, against the risk of stroke. Um, and there is a new valve in the market uh, called the Lotus Edge. Uh, it's made by Boston Scientific. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, St. Mary is actually the first one to place a commercially uh, a commercial uh, Lotus Edge uh, valve in. And, uh, you know, the claim to fame for this device is um, uh, it's made – the the cage is made out of nitinol, uh, which is an alloy, a mixture of two metals, a nickel and titanium. And uh, the beauty of this this metal is that it can conform 
to different anatomy. So people typically think of a valve, they think of a circle, but uh, the aortic valve annulus, where the, where the valve sits, is actually not a perfect circle. And so that's where leaks come come into play. And this this valve can really uh, it has this nitinol frame, plus it has uh, an adaptive uh, seal around it. And so the, the the valve is really designed to minimize or or uh, eliminate uh, those leaks. And one size does fit all of them. Well, they do come. They do come in different sizes, yeah. and and we take a lot of time and effort in looking at people's CAT scans and, and evaluating the the size, um, and and choosing the correct valve for each patient. But um, another great thing about this valve is that you can a hundred you can deploy the valve essentially a hundred percent and evaluate it and see if you like the result that you got. And if you don't like it, you can actually go back and recapture it and redeploy it in a different, or change the size, or whatever it is you need to do. All right. We'll we'll take a break. Come right back. There's more to do here on the St. Mary Health Line. Dear neighbors, our hearts live to fix yours. The St. Mary Cardiovascular Team stands ready to save your life in ways that are safer, faster, less invasive, and sometimes extraordinary. You see, that's our mission, to treat you with brilliant technology and simple human kindness. Call 8447-ST-MARY or visit stmaryhealthcare.org slash heart. Avoid FOG. No, I'm not talking about the inclement weather, but fats, oil, and grease. Approximately 80% of grease-related sewer blockages and overflows occur in residential areas. That's because FOG clings to the inside of pipes, eventually causing a blockage. So never put fats, oil, and grease down the drain. This message from BCWSA, your utility partner for a safer environment. Learn more about what not to put down your drain online. BCWSA.net We now return to St. Mary Healthline. Dr. Roy, he's the man. Interventional and structural cardiology, and there's so much going on out there. And, uh, yep, well, we've just sort of got the surface going, Dr. Roy, and... uh, Mentioned, uh, you know, trying to get everything in going in the same direction. And I'm sure the some of the tests that come back, we always get the EKG cardiograms. Mm-hmm. When they start looking a little better, that, uh, that certainly bodes well for the patient, doesn't it? So speaking of EKGs, the yeah. next topic we were going to discuss was the Watchman procedure. Oh, watch. And uh, that's a, another minimally invasive procedure. So um, I, I wanted to take a few minutes to kind of break down atrial fibrillation to patients because it's such a common condition. It is the most common arrhythmia that we see in cardiology. And, and it's responsible for occupying a lot of our time. So atrial fibrillation is not a condition that is... Uh, lethal in and of itself. You know, nobody dies directly of atrial fibrillation because of the rhythm, uh, but it can be uncomfortable. It can make people feel short of breath, fatigue, palpitations, um, uh, racing, skipping heart f- sensation. Um, so there's there's that component of where it, it, it makes the patient feel not well. The most important and what we spend most of our time dealing with with atrial fibrillation is actually a completely separate issue of reducing the stroke risk, okay? So as I mentioned, atrial fibrillation doesn't kill the patient directly, but it can. It can be a nidus for forming a stroke, and strokes certainly could 
kill people and and do. Oh, that's that's uh, all very commonly. Cardiologists all they ever talk about is stroke, stroke yes. awareness. So how we uh, how we deal with uh, atrial fibrillation is kind of twofold. One is we got to treat the patient. We got to make sure that the heart rate is well controlled, and we got to make sure that they feel well. And some people feel well. Some people don't feel well even with the heart rate, um, you know, controlled. You know, the heart not going so fast. They still don't feel well, and we try to get them back into a normal rhythm. But the Watchman procedure is has nothing to do with controlling the heart rate or, or controlling the rhythm back to a normal rhythm. What the Watchman procedure is, is designed for is to reduce the risk of stroke, okay? Mm. And the, uh, the studies that, looked, that evaluated the Watchman uh, device prior to FDA approval specifically studied Watchman against Coumadin. And, um, so, so it, and it was shown to be non-inferior to Coumadin, okay? Mm. So it protects you from a risk of stroke. So where, the, where we use Watchman procedure, Procedure is for those patients that um, cannot tolerate blood thinners for whatever reason. You know, either they uh, they serve in a high risk uh, uh, profession, or they've had bleeding events. They're they're at high risk of bleeding because of liver disease, other medications that they take. There's lots of different uh, reasons why a Watchman may be a, a good option. But the point is that. Uh, uh, Watchman is a one-time procedure uh, that is a very safe procedure, and after that procedure is done, patients are able to come off of, uh, of blood thinners um, lifelong. So you reduce the risk of stroke lifelong with, uh, with taking some risk up front. With the atrial fibrillation, which I've had, they've always said, well, you may, have you ever tried to be converted back to regular sinus rhythm? And it just they just never don't think they could do it with mm-hmm. some of this stuff could their percentages be upped in order to try to reverse atrial fibula, uh, atrial afib so so it's important for patients to know that there's no nece- there's no definite benefit to yeah. being in normal rhythm for the majority yeah. of patients that's been well studied and there's no there's no mortality benefit in in people that are in normal rhythm um, the main reason to get people out of afib and back into a normal rhythm is a the, the small percentage of patients that have symptoms despite the heart rate being controlled. Mm-hmm. So most patients, if their heart rate is 130 or 150, they're not going to feel that great. They're going to feel like they're running a marathon when they're not. Right. Uh, but, but, but in most people, if you control the heart rate, you know, in the 70 to 90 beats per minute range, they feel pretty decent. Yeah. But in those patients that do not, then we do some more fancy stuff like uh, afib ablations to get rid of the rhythm altogether or try to get rid of, of the rhythm altogether. Yeah, and they that was always seemed to it's always seemed to be that they wanted to convert you to sign but they seemed like the procedure was worse than what I had. So uh, I was mm-hmm. I was not up for it. And they said I don't and the percentages are not in my favor, so I said, Well, you know, it just wasn't a safe bet to do that. But it seemed like it was always something they were trying to attain but you're saying yeah, not really so, necessary. So that's you got other our, stuff you our, can do. Our electrical colleagues, yeah. uh, our electrical colleagues deal with this day in and day out, mm. and uh, it's all about choosing the right patients and patient patient selection. So some patients definitely benefit from ablation to get rid of the AFib altogether, but it's 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 not the option for all 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 patients. The the Watchman with a do you have tangible like feedback? Because this is fairly new, almost well, somewhat new, and. A lot of the data comes back, and it's kind of a mixed bag on wh- where it's going and what it's doing. Do you find, do you find, yeah, uh, you find a lot of the positive, I, positive things that are going on with it. Do you find I, that I, it's something relatable? I think that uh, all of the major trials uh, in relation to the Watchman device have been very positive trials. That's mm-hmm. why it was FDA approved. That's why it's on the market. And I also have, you know, my whole cohort of patients that I've, I've 
uh, done you have Watchmen on, yeah. and um, I see I see the benefits. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that uh, it's hard to see the benefit because it's something that uh, that never happened, right? It's a stroke that you prevented, so it's hard to know when you prevented a stroke. But when you treat a, a whole group of patients, and um, so many of them do well, there's actually registries of these patients that have gotten the Watchman device, and the risk of stroke after a Watchman procedure is 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 quite low. Yeah, because uh, any cardiologist you find or anybody who's <laughs> dealing with uh, en- endoscopies and colonoscopies, they're all on the same page on that one. He said, if it's stroke, it's you're done. Uh, you know, and so this is what they're this is what they what you live for is to boost the percentages in your favor as much as you can with this either with as much technology, surgeries, interventions, medications, however you want to attack it, you yeah. do it. So yeah. I, I do. I do want to say one more thing. Sure. I, um, you know, I think that uh, reducing strokes is very, very important in our field in cardiology, um, and it's 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 very different. You know, if you have a young patient that is tolerating the blood thinners quite well, versus as you get older, there's much more other illnesses that are comorbid um, and and a lot higher risk of bleeding for a variety of reasons, falls, balance mm-hmm. problems, all these things. So um, I do think that over time, the, ex- the the use of Watchmen will expand and there will probably be other products as well um, competing with it. Um, the second thing I'd like to say is um, other procedure that, that we do, including ASD and PFO closures. Specifically, PFO closures are used for the same it, – it's, it's this abnormal – yeah, so PFO stands, stands for patent form in ovale. It's an abnormal connection between the right and left side of the heart. It's actually normal uh, connection in utero, but usually it's a, it's, a, it's a flap that closes after birth. And in people that have strokes and, um, you know, we never find the cause of the stroke, uh, these are believed to be responsible for a lot of those. And so uh, that's another procedure that I do that, again, it's one of those things where you'll never know if you truly prevented a stroke, but I firmly believe that, you know, based on the studies that we have that that we are preventing strokes. Well, as long as we're still standing here, that's, that's all that matters, right? So it's the results right. are, are there, and the percentages are, are uh, and less evasive. And then also closer to rehab, diet, exercise, don't smoke, all that kind of stuff. And you're really, uh, really doing a great job. That's so right. Like we have to tackle it from from all fields. Yep. Um, last thing I will say. You got the Last it. thing I will say is that uh, the the biggest takeaway uh, from from this morning uh, is that I want people to know that uh, they do have a very strong. Uh, uh, cardiology program right mm-hmm. here in their backyard, especially you know Bucks County uh, patients. Um, you do not have to go uh, far away to get a very very high quality care, uh, very high quality cardiology care right here at St. Mary. Doctor, uh, you got into cardiology. Was there a, a certain calling you felt? Was it family oriented, or it was just the most interesting in med school? Or how did you? How did you? I always want to ask. How did you get into the, bran- uh, the branch of medicine that you're that you're involved with? It was there some <laughs> uh, kind of interest. Uh, I'm afraid we don't have enough time to, <laughs> to tell you the whole story. But I, I'll, I'll suffice it to say that you know my my father did ultimately die of a heart attack, and um, I had a lot of cardiology training very early on in my internal medicine residency, and just sort of fell in love with it. Uh, it's, there's always a story behind the story, so I just thought I'd ask, and Doctor. Roy Eltit is the guest today, interventional and structural cardiologist at St. Mary's. There is a lot of good stuff going on out there, and you want to get to the website and find out more, 
stmaryhealthcare.org can get the job done. Doctor, we've got to get you back for some, some more information. A lot of great stuff going on out I'll there. I'll be happy to. All right. And uh, when it does happen, St. Mary Healthline, 9 o'clock Wednesdays here on WBCB.